because a lot of resources that might have gone into television, the government simply didn't issue any licenses, and if stations were on the air, they could stay on the air, but no new stations were allowed. But right after the war, 1946, there was a rush to get on the air because broadcasters recognized that who got, whoever got there first uh, would begin to make money sooner. And so, But uh, it took a while for television to... Uh, the number of stations to build up so that it would really become a dominant factor. So I would say the early 50s. Well, I'm going to take it a little bit further back, but as a nod to one of the things you said, sort of the rush after the war. We're going to begin with the year 1948, Tom. Actually, I didn't mean to, to contradict you. That really is a good year. 48 is a good year. So. Yeah, I think it is as well, Tom. And uh, 1948, see, so we're going to begin there and come forward chronologically, Tom. I think that's a good and orderly way to do it. And the first woman's contribution that I want to mention tonight, Tom, is that of Pauline Frederick. Uh, she had been a freelance correspondent for the uh, major networks, uh, specifically ABC. But in 1948, she became the first woman full-time news correspondent for ABC television. And... Uh, Tom, that's pretty good when you consider how young, how much in its infancy television was in 1948. So she becomes the first news correspondent. You know, later on we'll get uh, somebody named Barbara Walters, Tom, who becomes one of the first news anchors. And I believe that was on ABC as well. And uh, Diane Sawyer. Pardon? And Diane Sawyer. And, uh, and Diane Sawyer. In uh, 1976, Miss Frederick also made history when she moderated a presidential debate between Jimmy Carter and then-President Gerald Ford. Uh, moving forward again, Tom, to 1951, do you have any idea who I might talk about now? 1951. No, I, I, well, I, I, it doesn't come immediately to mind, so you're going to have to tell me. Who that, that okay, well, it's a redhead lady born in Jamestown, New York, in August oh, yes. of 1911. There's no denying that. No, you're right. I got you now. Lucille Ball, Tom, after a number of minor film roles for in, in RKO Pictures, which we mentioned last week, Tom, uh, she met Desi Arnaz, who was a Cuban band leader, and they eloped together in 1940. In 1948, she was cast as a wacky wife in a radio comedy, which you would know about, Tom, for CBS Radio, called My Favorite Husband. It was a success, Tom, and CBS asked her to try to develop it for television. But she insisted on working with her real-life husband, which was, uh, as we mentioned, Desi Arnaz. They eloped and got married in 1940. She was still married to him, and she wanted to work with him for various reasons. And, uh, so that uh, CBS was reluctant to put the show on the air, Tom, because it just couldn't see uh, the red-headed Miss Ball and, and a uh, Cuban band leader husband as being very popular on television. But then... History intervened, Tom. Um, she created a television dynasty then, beginning with the show I Love Lucy, starts in 1951, lasts from 1951 to 1957. Tom pretty much dominated television during those periods of time. It was very much the number one show and had even a national event when she became pregnant, uh, Lucy Ricardo, and had a little Ricky, uh, if you remember that. And she ended up, you're probably going to say this, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw it in. She ended up owning, owning the studio. She was, I think, the first woman to own the studio. Uh, 
uh, Desi Lou, I think it was called. It, uh, it, it belonged to, I think, RKO or somebody, but she and, uh, and, and Desi Arnaz uh, used it to produce their own programs. And, and, and she, when they divorced, she, I think, got the studio and, and kept it going and produced additional programs for herself and for other people. Well, Tom, that's exactly where I was going. She, as I said earlier, she created a television dynasty. She's the first woman to head a TV production company, as you mentioned, Desi Lou, and own it. She first owned it, co-owned it with Desi. When they divorced, she bought out his share and became the studio head of that uh, that studio. And we're talking about a major studio. It's interesting, Tom, that she had done minor roles in various productions at RKO and ended up buying the studios and establishing Desi Lou. Um, the show Eye of Lucy Tom that was being produced there is also noted for uh, uh, pioneering a number of methods that are somewhat still in use today. Uh, the concept of a live studio audience uh, filmed by multi cameras, not one camera, Tom, but two or three, and uh, the development of sets that were set on the soundstage adjacent to each other. Uh, she, in addition to being the first woman to own a studio to head it, they pioneered certain uh, developments, Tom, in the making of television, again, that we still see prominent today. And, Tom, as you, as you always also know, we've talked about this before, they filmed out of it. It was not on videotape or kinescope. They filmed it, which is one of the reasons why Tyler Lucy has been a phenomenon since the 50s. Well, yeah, you make you make an excellent point there because, indeed, I, I'm almost, well, I am old enough to remember there were on some of the shows like that, Situation Comedies, for instance, that were done live. And once they were over, they just disappeared, you know, into the ether and everything. But, but uh, actually, it was Lucy and Desi together decided to use, I think they used three cameras and then the way they got the program was editing the different versions together. But that also meant that it was on film, and you probably can watch I Love Lucy tomorrow morning if you get up early or not. You probably watch it in uh, Portugal or in uh, yeah, Indonesia. Well, you know, they used to say that there was a Tarzan movie running somewhere in the world all the time, and uh, the, the article that I read that gave me that fact said there's also... An episode of I Love Lucy running somewhere in the world all the time. So. Well, Tom, she was in four series over her lifetime, uh, three very uh, popular and prominent. I Love Lucy was the first one, the Lucy Show from 1962 to 1968 was the second one. Um, Here's Lucy was the third one, which also starred her real-life children. She was in a, a short-lived show in the 80s called Life with Lucy. Uh, Lucy Ball was nominated for 13 primetime Emmys. She won four. She's in the Television Hall of Fame and was given the Kennedy Center's Lifetime Achievement Award. Tom, she is uh, certainly a contributor to uh, woman's history in television. Well, if you are at a good place, and tell me when you are at a good place, we need to take a break, and it will give you a chance. It is a good place, Tom. Is it a good place? Yes. It will give you a chance to reload and move to the next chapter. Stephen Kearney is our guest tonight, talking about women in television as a part of our salute to the month of March as Women's History Month. And he's talked about with a, one truly historical character, 
Stephen, I believe in what is that word that I don't like to use? Uh, you don't like to call any or say that anything is iconic. Iconic. Well, I think Lucy is iconic. She, she's, if you want to measure it, she's, she's certainly that. I, I don't know many others that, uh, that deserve the word doesn't, when you use it too much, it cheapens it. But with her, in her case, it, it certainly applies to her. We're going to take a break. Uh, we'll be back, and uh, Stephen will continue to uh, tell us uh, who the significant women, uh, chronologically speaking, uh, had, that helped develop television were right after this. If you notice the names of the same my very own brother has been a my sidekick and, and part of this for you know, these many years, and uh, tonight he's helping us uh, understand and to commemorate March as Women's History Month by talking about women in television, and we've 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 just confronted the career and life and contributions, and it would take more than we have time for. But in passing of, of Lucille Ball and Stephen, where do we go from here? Well, time we go to Donna Reed. Uh, the Donna Reed Show was on from 1958 to 1966, and this is the first family sitcom to focus on the mother as a lead character, not the father. Uh, Miss Reed had a career of more than 40 years. She's well-known as Mary Hatchbury from It's a Wonderful Life. Best supporting actress in film in 1953. From here to eternity, Tom, she received four Emmy nominations for the Donna Reed Show, won one gold, Golden Globe in 
public service announcements and things like that, asking you to contribute to it. And 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 his daughter has taken up uh, his his crusade. Uh, so you get to see Marlowe occasionally on television. And of course, you and I were were fans of uh, oh, what was the show uh, Friends? And she had a role on that show, if I remember correctly. Right, was Rachel's mother. She was Rachel's yeah. mother, and so on. So it's it's kind of fun to see her. Uh, uh, she was in New York. She was close enough to go home to Yonkers or wherever she was from, but she was trying to be very independent, and uh, and uh, it was just a, a good role. She was, I think, if I remember correctly, that girl. And uh, that's correct. And okay, Anne Marie, Tom, I'm, that girl. Anne Marie. I'm just trying to work my memory out a little bit, but I did want to mention uh, that. And her her brother was uh, active in TV production too. Uh, he was the one, I think, uh, the, was one of the producers of the Golden Girls show and the the show of the guy that uh, Empty Nest, the guy that lived next door. Uh, but anyway, that's another story that we'll have to honor. But so, Arnold Thomas is one of the the uh, trendsetters in in the history of television and careers for women. Uh, Tom, we're going to drop back just briefly to make notes because it's important to do so. Cicely Tyson, in 1963, became the first black actress to star in a TV drama, and Miss Tyson has just passed away within the last couple of months. We talked about her when we talked about uh, when we were dealing with and commemorating Black History Month. Right, and I did not realize that. That's why I'm glad we do programs like this. I always learn about something I did not know. Now, Stephen, we've got just about two minutes till we need to break for the news, so if you want to start on another uh, chapter, it'll, it would be okay to do that. Yeah, I'm going to fin- well, I'm going to finish this up, Tom, just before the news. In 1968, Diane Carroll, we've talked about her a lot, again, in Black History Month. She was in a show called Julia, and Diane Carroll, this was the first sitcom centered around an African-American woman who was not a servant, Tom. The show won a Golden Globe in 1968, and she was the first black actress, Tom, and I did not know this, nominated for an Emmy in 1969. I did not know that either, but, uh, and the point is well made that there were, uh, that she was the first uh, woman uh, and, and black who got a role that did not require her to be a servant. That is, she, and there were a number of, uh, of actresses that were the family servant in shows like The Great Gildersleeve and, and, and that, that sort of stuff. But uh, there was another, and Beulah, I think, was a, was a program that involved a woman playing a role as a servant. Uh, but uh, that's uh, another chapter uh, with Julia. And, uh, well, Tom, uh, we, to do it right, we're not going to deal with the next chapter until after the break, because we're going to talk about a woman who could turn the world on with her smile. And there's a statue in Minneapolis uh, that commemorates her television character. Ariane, I think you and I would both agree that this really turned a corner or stepped, stepped it up, because it, she, there was a lot of things in her role that were more typical of modern women than in a lot of other shows. Stephen Kearney is our guest. We're talking about Women's History Month. We'll be back right after this. Post your schedule on the WCPF website each Monday morning, and it will tell you what's coming up during the week. Uh, and uh, tonight, my brother Stephen is on, and we're talking about uh, 
March as Women's History Month and some of the significant figures in in contributing to that particular history. Stephen, are you there? Hello, Stephen. Hello, Tom. I'm here. Okay, I, I just want to remark on the news, you may have heard that uh, Roger Mudd passed away, a longtime CBS newsman, and probably as well thought of as uh, any newsman in the uh, 70s and 80s. Uh, uh, ranked that up wasn't there. Walter Cronkite. That wasn't Walter Cronkite. Uh, you can tell we're related. All great minds are on the same track. That's right. It, it wasn't Walter Cronkite. And he, uh, I think, he expected, and a lot of people expected uh, him to get the job when Walter retired, and he didn't. And in fact, Dan rather did. And I wish Roger Mudd had gotten it. And uh, he, he, he was a, a very uh, a, a very good newsman, and one that did had kind of an authority just in his demeanor that made you feel like you could trust him. And that was the way Walter was, of course. But anyway, I just thought I would, would point to that in case anybody missed it. Uh, uh, we're talking about women, ladies, and you've talked about, uh, you said that, uh, you signaled us, you teased us and said that we were going to talk about uh, a woman who had a, had a show that, uh, that, it, that was unusual and that it, it was very realistic. I mean, well, you, I, w I want you to talk about it. Mary Tyler Moore, she had her own show uh, from the mid-70s until the end of the 70s, and it was, it was a real marker in the history of television. Yes, Tom, Mary Tyler Moore sort of first uh, comes to our attention as, as uh, the, the hot point pixie, if you will, on a series of commercials. But where she gets national attention first on is as Laura Petrie on The Dick Van Dyke Show. In 1970, however, she had her own show. She had married a man named Grant Tinker, and they had uh, developed MTM Enterprises in 1969. He will go on to become chairman of NBC at some point. And Mary Tyler Moore's show, though, Tom, starts in 1970, and it showcases unmarried, 30-something women in the American workplace. So sort of as women are coming to the forefront in society, television is beginning to mirror that, and they do so most prominently in 1970 with Mary Tyler Moore. I think the Mary Tyler Moore show, Tom, is probably the number one show in television history. Uh, I catch some flack from people about that, but uh, that's about them and their generation, if you will. But the Mary Tyler Moore show, Tom, uh, was uh, one that received many Emmys and Emmy nominations. Ms. Moore herself received seven Emmy awards, three for playing Mary Richards and one for playing Laura Petrie. Uh, she was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actress in 1980. Uh, the, uh, the show essentially defined a new vision of American womanhood, Tom. Uh, Ms. Moore was very prominent uh, as one of the, the uh, co-directors, if you will, again, of her own studio. And show that, uh, Tom, that show essentially is a watershed. To me, everything flows to the Mary Tyler Moore show and everything flows away from it. And all you have to do to, to demonstrate what you just said, at least in personnel, if nobody else, is just to think about the cast. Now, of course, this isn't Mary Tyler Moore, but she even stood uh, uh, out in such a strong cast. I mean, we're talking about people like uh, 
Oh, who was the guy that played the the, the head of the TV station or the head newsman? It, well, Ed Asner went on to have his own show, Lou Grant, which was on for a number of years and was critically acclaimed. Ted Knight played Ted Baxter, and he had his own show. Uh, the, the gentleman who played Murray went on to become Captain Stewie of the Love Boat. John Amos went on to Kunta Kinte, among many other things, Tom. Uh, Cora Leachman, who just passed away, I think, in January, had her own show, Phyllis, and she was an Academy Award winner and appeared in many TV shows thereafter. Betty White, whom we've seen before and we'll see again, also was an important part of that show and a very funny part. And uh, Valerie Harper, Tom, went on to do a show called Rhoda, which was one of the uh, top-rated programs of all time when she got married. So uh, just in the personnel of starring and and co-starring roles, uh, we're talking about major participants in television history. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, who's who's next? Uh, 1972, Tom, and and we're just going to touch on some of these. Bea Arthur, who we'll deal with again later. Uh, she was, had a show called Maud, and the show Maud dealt with a lot of topical shows at the time, and, and a lot of topical events at the time, including uh, the question of, of abortion. And she became her character did Maud Finley, played by Bea Arthur, became the first woman to have an abortion on television. Tom, in 1974, Teresa Graves, who had been on Laugh In, she became the first African American woman to lead a network TV drama with the show Get Christy Love. Tom, in 1983, Betty White, we've heard of her before, she became the first woman to win a daytime Emmy for outstanding host of a game or audience participation show. Before that, it had been all men. And, Tom, in 1989, we, we made a powerhouse. You mentioned her earlier, Oprah Winfrey. Tom, she's the first woman to own and produce her own TV talk show. She was a TV talk show host, television producer, actress, author, philanthropist. Her talk show, which was broadcast originally at least from Chicago, is the highest rated program of its kind in history. She has her own production company, and the show is internationally syndicated. She is a winner of 18 daytime Emmy Awards, two primetime Emmy Awards, among many other awards that have been bestowed upon her. And Tom, she's in the news this week. Because two weeks, two nights ago, excuse me, she interviewed Chris Harry and Meghan Markle for stories about uh, the the, uh, the royal uh, family that are making news even as we speak. Well, let's go back. Let's uh, let's roll back for a minute. But I, I, when she started that show or took it over, it seems like to me it was a little bit a little bit lighter than than it was. It was like. Who is the guy that used to be the mayor of Cincinnati who has the show where he gets people out there and encourages family members to wrestle with each other and throw chairs at each other and stuff? Uh, Jerry Springer? Yeah, right, that kind of, Maury Povich kind of show. And uh, uh, I think that show was in that direction. I don't think it was that bad. But she, she, she got serious. And I think she really deserves the credit for making that show into what it was. So, uh, well, she has a, she has a tremendous winning personality as a person and uh, she uh, I think had been involved in local TV news Tom but they, they saw something in her uh, in her emotion and her exuberance that would play well in, in a local talk show that eventually became a national and international phenomenon 
Tom, in 1992, Candace Bergen, playing Murphy Brown, decided to raise her baby along. Again, another groundbreaking event for television, also once again uh, mirroring uh, society and its changes. In 1997, Ellen DeGeneres Tom, becomes the first actress to come out as gay on television, and she still has her talk show uh, to this day. Uh, uh, Tom, in, the, in 1985, to draw back a little bit, through the early 1990s, we had a show called The Golden Girls, and The Golden Girls picked up four very important actresses, several we've talked about already, Bea Arthur, Betty White again, Estelle Getty, and Rue McClanahan. This is a show about four older women sharing friendship and a home, and if you will, Tom, cheesecake uh, in Miami, and it shows you that four older women can not only carry a program, Tom, but are extremely funny. This show uh, had won uh, primetime Emmys for Outstanding Comedy Series twice. It won three Golden Globes uh, for being Best TV Series, Musical, or Comedy. And, Tom, all four of the actresses each won an, an Emmy Award. And, and right. I think the creator of that show, and this is something that I... And I I'm sorry, I her first name was Susan, was a female person and an executive producer. And so that's an important factor in, in, in the progress of women, too, is that the person behind the camera is, uh, you know, is a, a woman at this particular point. You know, Tom, uh, you and I have talked about shows like, for instance, All in the Family. When you watch it in 2021, some of the All, All in the Family episodes don't quite ring as true because it's not the early 1970s. Well, the Golden Girls, Tom, was in the Nielsen Top Ten for six of its seven seasons. It ranked as the TV Guide as one of the 60 best series of all time. And today, in 2021, for instance, it has a block on Sundays where you can watch it for about three hours. The series continues to attract new fans. In short, Tom, it has aged very, very well. And, and as a matter of fact, it is one of the shows on the, you know, I'm a fan of Hallmark Television, and they run it uh, basically half the night, uh, so people get a chance to watch it, uh, and uh, and they've been doing it for a number of years, so it, it must be a winning show in, in some way, and it's really good. Well, it's got a good cast, is what it's got, and it's well written and well produced. But uh, the, the the ladies in it, Betty White, uh, Rue McClanahan, uh, B. Arthur, and Estelle Getty are just, you know, kind of superb at, at, at doing what they do in that particular show. You know what, Stephen? Go ahead, Tom. I should say now is a good marker, if you will allow me. Uh, if you would like to tease about what you'd like to talk about after we take a break, that would be wonderful, and then we'll take the break. What's coming up next? Well, Tom, a former high school cheerleader gets a chance to be uh in the limelight as one of the first uh, uh, news broadcast anchors for one of the three major networks. And we'll talk about her when we come back. Okay, that sounds good. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. which is when we usually do our promo. And so I'm going to take about 30 seconds here and promo what's coming up uh, tomorrow night, uh, Dr. William Kilmer. Kilmer, Kimmler, not Kilmer, Kimmler, I knew I'd get that wrong, who is our science correspondent. He's a history professor at NC State, and he teaches the history of science, and I just always enjoy when he comes. We were doing a program exactly one month ago on Darwin. 
got to talking about uh, Alexander von Humboldt, who is one of the inspirations for Darwin, but whose name has been just about forgotten. And he may be in some ways as important as Darwin is. Well, we're going to talk about Humboldt tomorrow night. If you don't know who he is, that will be a good time for you to find out. Uh, Thursday night, uh, we are going to have a nostalgia show between 9 and, and 10. And Friday night will be our Friday night trivia night. Tonight, Stephen Kearney is with us. Uh, he's our entertainment correspondent. And uh, we are talking about commemorating the month of March is Women's History Month. And he's talking about women who contributed to, to the growth of television and, and the increasing importance of women and, and the inclusion of the female gender in, in the management of the creation of, et cetera, of TV programs. And, Stephen, who was it you said you were going to talk about? I've already forgotten. Yeah, well, Tom, this former cheerleader actually was became uh, prominent on the Today Show, and then she uh, signed a lot because of her popularity on that show. And as a person and as a TV performer, presenter, entertainer, and, and newscaster, she got an opportunity to become the first solo uh, weekday anchor of a big three network show. The show was the CBS Evening News, and the person was Katie Couric, Tom. Do you know where you could have seen Katie Couric tonight? I don't, Tom. She's the guest host on Jeopardy this week. Well, I think she's uh, done a tremendous uh, uh, amount with her career. And uh, when you consider that we shortly ago, we didn't really segue it, Tom, but we were talking about Walter Cronkite, and then Roger Mudd was somebody that did succeed those people in line was Katie Court. Exactly. In fact, I think she has held major uh, anchoring or you know, out front roles for news programs and presentations like that for all three networks. She she was actually, I think, for several years on the Today Show, which is an NBC feature. And, uh, yeah, that's where she essentially got started. Yeah, and then, Tom, one lady that I want to—I I did not want to exclude her, and I want to drop back a little bit, but I'm going to do it by virtue sort of highlighting her. Got her started on the Bill Moore show. Oh, uh, yeah. We, talk, we talked about Lucille Ball earlier, and one of the people—she tended to befriend several important actresses that went on to great careers, and among them, for instance, is Barbara Eden. But this lady was also a great friend of hers, and— they kind of took turns appearing on each other's shows and specials in the way of Carol Burnett. In my opinion, I'm giving you my personal opinion here, she had the last great variety show from 1967 to 1978. She first appeared on the Gary Moore Show, Tom. She is well-loved by America. She's done drama. She's done comedy. Tom, uh, the Golden Gloves were just last month, and they presented, I think it was, for contributions to comedy, they named an award after the Carol Burnett Award, and they gave it to Norman Lear, and he uh, paid uh, tribute to her. She's still alive, of course, and you can see a version of the Carol Burnett show on some of your retro channels. Tom, they've taken out the uh, the musical numbers. I understand that's for various reasons, but you can still see the skits, which are absolutely classic, and you know about Tim Conway, Tom, and Harvey right. Corman. I was going to say, you can use that word again with regard to Carol Burnett. She, she yes, is an icon, too. That, that, see that, if it may, it Tom, may, I think we have time to do one more. Or, 
Uh, yeah, let's see. Yeah, we've got about three minutes left, so you can do at least one more, maybe two. Well, I'm, I'm going to do one more, Tom. We're going to talk about Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes is not probably a name that a lot of people would know unless you spend a lot of time, as I do, Tom, studying and watching and, and uh, uh, paying attention to television. But Miss Rhimes, at age 51, is the first woman to create three hit TV shows, Tom, with more than 100 episodes each. Grey's Anatomy, which has 369 episodes and is in its 17th season. Scandal, which had 124 episodes, and Private Practice, which had 111. Tom, she is a showrunner, creator, head writer, and executive producer for most of her shows. She's an African-American woman. She is a mover and shaker in television, and she's important. She's won a Golden Globe and has been nominated for three Emmys. She's won awards from the Writers Guild of America, the Directors Guild of America, and the Producers Guild of America. And Tom, just this year, <clears throat> she has signed a uh, development agreement with Netflix and has uh, it ended in January, but it is the most watched program of the year on Netflix, and it's called Bridgerton. Tom, this is a list, if you will, a parade, if you will, of important women who've made great contributions to the history of television and by virtue of that an extension to the history of America. And you should, I want you to use the term again that you used for her because I, I learned this term with, within the last year. She was a showrunner, which I think means she is the person that oversees the, the continuity of the show and makes sure that things are working for, for, for the producers and the production company. Does that sound right? Well, yeah, the more I learn about the showrunner position, the more I come to determine is that she's the it of the show. It all everything flows through her. Uh, she creates a lot of these shows. She writes the, the scripts. She uh, produces the shows. Um, she's responsible for it being on and the content that's there and, as you said, the continuity of that content. Uh, she's the, the the real heavy hitter in television right now. I guess you could say, and I'm I'm, I'm uh, doing this tongue in cheek. She runs the show. It's the term showrunner. I'm going to uh, let you get away with that. Okay. You're my big brother. But okay. In any other context, maybe not. You haven't let me get uh, away with much. We've got about 50 seconds left, and uh, I want to say that I looked it up today, and the nominee, the Golden Globes, I think, have already been presented. And right. the uh, nominations for the Oscars are supposed to be released next Monday morning. And uh, one of the things I hope we can talk about is whether we can get you to come back next week or the next week somewhere in there and talk about the nominations and the and the uh, as you have done in many years before the pictures that have been nominated and and sort of make it sort of clear to us what they've done vis-a-vis. Uh, streaming movies as opposed to brick and mortar movies and the, the kind of thing we've talked about several times before but I, I hope uh, you can do that and I, I will give you a call right after the show is over and we'll talk about that for a minute. Stephen Kearney has been our guest tonight and he has talked to us about women in the television 